May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. And I think sometimes patients may go to their doctor and go, I don't want to mention all of the areas that hurt because they might think that I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I mean, in 2021, I've had medical providers say that they still think fibromyalgia is a wastebasket diagnosis. Welcome to the Conquering Your Fibromyalgia podcast, where my goal is to give real answers and real solutions to real pain, fatigue, and brain fog. Who am I and what authority do I have to give a podcast on fibromyalgia? Well, I've been a physician for over 25 years. I'm a pediatrician, an internist, which is a medical doctor for adults, as well as certified in lifestyle medicine and clinical lipidology. I hope to weave the best of medical management with the best of lifestyle and use an evidence-based approach to give information in a digestible delivery, both through the book, Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, Real Answers and Real Solutions for Real Pain, as well as through this podcast. Remember that this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and should not replace an office visit with your physician or medical provider. I hope that this will be a supplement to your office visits as well as to what's covered in the book. This podcast is meant for you if you have fibromyalgia, if you have a loved one who has fibromyalgia, or if you are a physician or healthcare provider who wants to learn more about how to take excellent care of your patients with fibromyalgia. My hope is to help you as you go on the bold journey from not just surviving fibromyalgia, but reducing the suffering and even reversing fibromyalgia. You can show your support for the podcast by leaving a review and sharing with others and hitting the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening to podcasts. And now on to this week's episode. But really, if you break anything down, most people, that's what they're doing. They all have invisible battles and wars where they're fighting. We just don't see under the surface how hard they're staying afloat. And again, it goes back to take away the label, take away the condition, take away the name, and just break down what you're all experiencing. And you'll see a lot of parallels and similarities. I was just seeing somebody yesterday who was having fibromyalgia that was at a higher level, call that a flare up or, you know, is it a storm or is it climate change? Is it a season? And it had been kind of a season, hadn't seen her since January and going to college, transitioning, et cetera. And 
getting a sense that things were pretty high. Her impact score was in the 70s for fibromyalgia impact score. She was just sitting there. And I have a room that has a window with shades and the lights. And I'll walk in and I can tell they're just uncomfortable. And I'll say, hey, do you mind if I turn off the lights? And like, no, it's not a problem. Let's do an experiment. Just turn off the light and see how that feels. I'll turn off the lights, which I like bright lights so I can see getting older, needing to see with reading and et cetera. And I say, now, how do you feel? Oh, I just feel so much better. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's too bright. And it's now that kind of the shades in a house, not the bright light. It's, it's just a comfort. And this how that impact and just pointing that out. And then they recognize just right off the bat, you know, that's a doctor who understands fibromyalgia, understands that this light is too bright. I said, well, we had a baby about 30 minutes ago who was getting shots and was crying. What would yeah. happen if we put him in the room here with the bright lights? Oh, instantly, probably would just be very, a lot of, a lot of pain with that. Well, again, thanks so much again for joining us here. Did you get a chance to read any of the book? I'm just curious. And if I did. any feedback, I did. Um, you know, I mean, because I, I got it on Tuesday. Yeah, so I, I know it's a really short time and you got a life. One, <laughs> well, you know, you know, but here's the thing that I really loved about it because I don't see it a lot. And I actually do know a couple of medical physicians that have fibromyalgia, but like one of the things that I, because I do this too, to help people with fibromyalgia or other chronic conditions is like break down. Like I, I, you know, I was really happy to see like how you would talk about like, you know, the occurrence of people with fibromyalgia, um, also having to contend with or experience migraines and headaches and breaking it down. And, and I, I appreciate that because, you know, that was one thing that I was like, Oh, I really like this because even those doctors who are on the up and up or believe their patients, you know, they'll sit there and say, well, like fibromyalgia has a never ending list of symptoms. And I'm like, no, there's fibromyalgia and there's a very specific set. And then here is, Oh, you have migraines. And then you could, end up having the other symptoms related to the migraines that are not symptoms of fibromyalgia, same thing with IBS. And then just, it creates this whole, so it was really refreshing to see in your book that you're, you broke, you know, that down and talking about like the cognitive dissonance and the brain fog. And there's not a lot of physicians that break it down. Like you, I don't know. There's a lot of fibromyalgia advocates and they'll put out like photos. They'll say there's 200 plus symptoms of fibromyalgia. And I'm like, no, there's not. I'm like, that's not even, that is just not even medically. There's no medical condition. It's just not medically possible. What happens is when you have any issues with your body and it affects your immune system or your response system or your brain or central nervous system, it creates a domino effect. And then you're going to start experiencing another condition that has its own like cluster or set of symptoms. And yeah, I might feel like you have 200 symptoms. So I appreciated that because there's a couple of medical providers that I know of that have fibromyalgia and they refuse to break it down like that. So it's refreshing and it's so important. It's so important because education is key because when we want doctors to understand us and you have a, a, you know, not everybody has my background. They don't have your education. They don't know how to pull up and read research studies and understand, you know, they don't have a background in SPS data analysis like I do. And so they don't understand And When you put something out there, if it's not on point or you don't break it down appropriately, then that's how they internalize it. And they're not wrong then when they go to their doctor and say, well, I have two, like, fibromyalgia and 200 plus symptoms. And then if you come, if they go to a doctor who's not receptive or truly 
you know, recognizes fibromyalgia as like a valid condition, then that, I don't want to say, I want to say misrepresentation of what is happening with fibromyalgia. It, it impacts or it, you know, compounds the stigma around it with, you know, so that's, I, I really like that about what you're writing and, and explaining in your book and breaking it down so it's digestible because there's some experts that I talked to and I've, I've interviewed them and I'm like, oh, we got to break this down and make it more digestible so that people understand and in in terms they understand they're not going to understand these big words it's thank you for that insight and i tried to as a clinician who loves reading about research who's never done a study but i love learning and decided not to become a subspecialist and i wanted to be a pediatrician and an internist and it's really so helpful in a problem like fibromyalgia because it affects so many different aspects and I've always had kind of a holistic not just burn incense and throw some herbs that are not necessarily going to help and I've had people maybe in the fibro world wonder if at the end of the book I have a special supplement that Dr. Lenz is selling for $29.99 a month and this is going to match trying to suddenly uh, hopefully help but it's overwhelming. The average person who has fibromyalgia has a sense of feeling overwhelmed. If I can try to say, hey, we're going to, as I like to say, having fibromyalgia is like being blindfolded, bound, and tortured by an unknown person for unknown reasons without any hope for getting any better. If you can take the blindfold off, you can start to see what's happening and understand that this is a part of the whole elephant of the person who's struggling with all of these things. And it's not 200. Oh my goodness. Another diagnosis. Oh, another mountain to climb. No, this yeah. is a, these are different features. You probably, when you look at your family, you may have IBS, but another family member may, may not have IBS, but they have painful bladder or irritable bladder syndrome. Yeah, that I don't and, have. Oh, and, and, but and you could have another <laughs> relative who has that plus part of this podcast called 90% of your diagnosis is made by a medical history mm-hmm. is that is the chief complaint. A person I saw yesterday with fibro who was having a flare up. She said, well, my hands are hurting. Well, actually she had doing the widespread pain index pain in every area. I think 18 of the 19 areas. She didn't mention that. And I think sometimes patients may go to their doctor and go, I don't want to mention all of the areas that hurt because they might think that I'm crazy. crazy. (laughs) So I just will focus on one thing. And if a doctor isn't actively looking for these other things and saying, hey, what about this? Let's do the WPI. Let's do the symptom severity score and fibromyalgia impact score. One thing that I just share and hopefully demystifying this and hopefully, like you say, the book hopefully was trying to get it into a level that you are very educated in this and you could go, yep, I know he's trying to explain this in a way that's reachable (laughs) to the average person, but I'm hoping to have physicians who could read this and go, hey, this is at a high enough level. This isn't sixth grade science level. He's at Mm -hmm. a high enough level that if somebody's Smart in the world of fibromyalgia, like yourself, who goes, Hey, he gets this. He's talking about these studies. He's using it at a higher level of sophistication and hopefully can kind of explain it in a way that's approachable. And part of why I wanted to write the book is that there's a, in the world of research, there's people who become subspecialists and they may know about the, how to look at a functional MRI and do their PhD or their studies on that. And that's a neat part, but they don't look at another aspect and they don't see how they all connect. 
and I'm trying it to become secular. <laughs> it's to, like a secular thing with fibromyalgia and these chronic. It, it, you see, you get focused on one aspect and then not kind of. You're looking look at, at the the, whole, the the tail of the elephant and not seeing how that's big part of it and. Hopefully that's a, a chance where I was talking with Dr. Joel Young, who's done research with world fibromyalgia and also looking at role of ADHD in, in this. And I interviewed him over a year ago and I said, do you think I should, I was writing the book and wanted to get his insight. And he said, definitely. He's like, there's just a lack of this comprehensive, good book that can hopefully tie a lot of these things together. And just for those who are listening, I probably will keep this in the podcast because I think it's interesting for help. If you have a question, I'm hoping to have this be a listener-driven podcast because I want to know what questions you may have. So email me at drmichaellens at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please give us a five-star review and share this with others. I was just at the farmer's market this morning and ran to into a couple of friends and I said, well, I got to get home. I got to do a podcast with this lady named Crystal who has fibromyalgia. And they're like, what's the podcast about? And I said, fibromyalgia. And they're like, oh, my mom's got fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And she's struggling with this and shared the podcast with her. And hopefully there's others out there. I mean, we could talk about how common fibromyalgia is. It says 4 million. In my opinion, it's probably much higher than the 4 million in the United States alone. Underestimating that. And and I think a lot of people who have it aren't even diagnosed because they just are going in and they have cheap complaints, but the doctor didn't make it. I've talked with... uh, Millie before in a a podcast that a lot of this is like um, autism spectrum where in the past, these kids might've been called uh, mental retardation, not otherwise specified Mm -hmm. because they didn't know what to call. But now we go, well, these are people who have these symptoms. We just didn't know what to call them. And we just, now if we're looking for it, we know what to look for. And now pediatricians as being a pediatrician, if we're looking for this, we can find it if we're looking for it, but you have to be on the guard and when we screen for cancers, you know, there's debate, should, when should we do the mammograms at age 40 or 45, 50 or colonoscopies? Part of screening decisions are we screen for tests if we can have something that's treatable and something that can be improved. And I think this is in that spectrum where is autism perfectly treated? No, but we know early intervention can help. And I think that's would be the same for fibromyalgia, being on top of this earlier just making the diagnosis, but getting this information earlier than waiting all those years. And hopefully those who are in their 20s who are just newly diagnosed and trying to struggle, who are listening to this can learn from your experience so they don't have to go for so long of a diagnosis. And you mentioned trying to interview doctors like dating. One question that a couple questions, you know, whether it's an orthopedic surgeon uh, and ask how many ACL repairs have you done? You want somebody who's done a lot and, and say, how many patients do you diagnose yourself with fibromyalgia that you're comfortable yourself diagnosing and that you yourself are inv- actively involved in the treatment plan? And if they say, yeah, I usually send off to all these specialists and because I don't feel confident myself. And if you look at the you know criteria for diagnosing it, you don't have to wait five years. Every time you see another doctor, that erodes your confidence in the medical community, in my opinion. I think it just, over time... Like I said earlier, I I don't have this expectation, and we shouldn't as a patient or as a provider, to expect every licensed professional to know every in and out of every medical condition known to man. 
Because there's ones we don't know. Yeah. We have it. They could be there and we haven't discovered yeah. a pin it is or, 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 you know, it could be so rare. And so we have to give that grace to medical providers. However, I mean, in 2021, I've had medical providers say that they still think fibromyalgia is a wastebasket diagnosis. And I'm like, well, it has its own coding for medical billing. Yeah. And if you're treating people with fibromyalgia and you don't believe it's real, isn't that medically fraudulent? I've had that. I know this and I won't, I'm not, you know, like that forward. But you would call it malpractice. Right. And I was paying, well, and my insurance and my copay was paying for this specialist. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a very forward person with what I think is right or wrong. It doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It's just what I think is. And I just was very like, this is 2021. You are being paid to treat a fibromyalgia patient because you're someone that specializes in this niche and they send people with fibro to you. And you're telling me this in confidence because I'm educated and self-aware and all this other stuff. And I'm like, this is very, I said it, I'm like, this is very smug. And as a person with fibromyalgia to know that a medical license that is a specialty on top of that, who went to additional training and, and, you know, to specialize and you're telling me you don't really think it's real. Then if you don't think it's real, what are you doing to prove that it's not real and redefine it? What research are you doing to say, Hey, we got it wrong guys. It's actually this. And it's this part of the body. What are you doing other than saying you don't believe it's real treating patients and then getting paid for what you don't think is real. I'm like, that's just not appropriate. It's fraud. Yeah. I, we could use other descriptors (laughs) uh, like cruel, (laughs) mean, it's it, but, but, Hopefully, like I said, there's physicians who may be listening to this podcast who may have been on this continuum, mm-hmm. um, maybe not completely on that, but we're a little bit in that on that end of the continuum, and hopefully can hear your story and that this your story and others and and learn. I think reading through the book too is also gives some really good credible insight into this and hopefully continued with the podcast to share again, so much enjoyment to have you on. I'm sure we could talk about more today, but we maybe connect again in the future and with that. And thanks again for all your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This ends the three part conversation with Crystal Kent. I sure enjoyed getting a chance to know her, and I hope that you did as well. Whether you're going for a walk, going for a drive, if you're doing some chores around the house or outside, wherever you are, I sure appreciate that. If you have any questions, please email me at drmichaellens at gmail.com.